All right, coming up in this episode, uh, I sat down with my buddy Brian. Uh, we wrapped up our summer here. We head back to schools as teachers uh, within the next week. And so we wanted to chat the current state of Marvel after seeing Love and Thunder this, this summer, uh, talking about the television branch of Marvel Studios as well as what they're doing with the movies, honing in specifically on Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, we also talked villain rankings updates and where Thor sits, um, continuing our love for Thor as a character. And then we wrapped up with some movie ideas of our own. So that's all coming up next. All right, we're here. So I'm with first live podcast with my buddy, Brian. Have you noticed that it says that now? My buddy, Brian, in the title? It does. Yeah. So that's, that's how you're dressed. And so I wanted to hit you with, I just told you that you didn't know this was coming. I literally just said, yeah. uh, I got this take that I want to throw, throw your way because it sort of goes with what we were talking about before we started, which is that you didn't finish Captain Marvel and you didn't finish Moon Knight. No, I did finish Moon Knight. Okay. You did finish Moon yeah. Okay. I just missed one episode of Miss Marvel. Regardless, these don't, this take that I have doesn't, you know, it's not affected by the fact that you didn't maybe finish those. It actually speaks to my point. So I kind of have started to believe this idea that Disney Plus killed Marvel or, or is in the process of killing Marvel. Ooh, I completely agree. See, like they, they went with this idea of let's almost like let's flood the market yeah. with all these, mm-hmm. the, all this content, all these ideas. Let's get this universe really like add to it. And so slowly uh, Disney Plus is, is tearing apart Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I overheard something. I think it was on a podcast or something I was listening to right after uh, Love and Thunder came out that they're talking about how this phase is. Yeah, literally, it's getting killed by these kind of like half half half-ass shows that are being made in Disney Plus. And it's like they're just trying to produce content because they have that Marvel label underneath them. Um, not saying that like there's anything against like the storylines, but like everybody keeps asking the question like how? Like, what is this leading to? Like, right. what does Moon Knight, what does Miss Marvel, what, like, are they going to show up at this big end when we, you know, not to like foreshadow, but obviously we're talking, at some point we'll talk about like phase six and that they just released and everything. Like, eventually we're going to get to this big end again. And yeah. like, is she going to be in it? Because I, she's, mm, I just feel like that's not like a Avenger character. So I think everybody's there. It's like, what purpose are all of these serving? It's like, we, so we, we had this awesome universe that yeah. they built and they decided, okay, so now we're going to add a little tangent piece here and we're going to add another little tangent piece here. But because of having to, like you said, it's one of the major labels under that Disney plus app. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's Star Wars, it's Marvel, it's National Geographic to some sense. And now they ha- they feel like they have to give us content for Marvel, especially for like stockholders and everything um, in the Disney stock, that now it's getting to the point where people are so reliant on, like you're saying, how is this connected? How How is this going to play out down the line? How is this character going to come in to where we're all watching the, the shows like, Okay, but what part of the larger universe am I yeah. going to connect to this? Exactly. And I think, and, you know, I overheard somebody giving a ranking of all of these different 
movies that have came out and nobody's really giving them high rankings as we saw in the, you know, the first three, four phases. Um, and I think a lot of the reason is it's like in all those movies, we saw the bigger picture, like, you know, whether it, it was something, yeah, it was something small. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Hey, there's the Tazerac. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. There's one of the infinity stones. Like we're slowly, but surely adding up to this big infinity war end game. Well, you watch Moon Knight and you think to yourself, what's the connection here? Yeah. And then I watch Moon Knight and I watch Miss Marvel and I'm like, are those two like supposed to be side by side? Because I can watch Captain America and I can watch Iron Man and understand eventually they're coming together and they're going to defeat this bigger power. Yeah, it's I, I've read the idea that, that Infinity War and Endgame are kind of the, the cut by a thousand what is it, Death by a Thousand Cuts to Marvel because those were so all-encompassing and it was incredible what they did to uh, tie 11 years worth of content into those big movies. But I think more so, you know, Infinity War was 2018, Endgame was 2019. We were grooving up till then and then the pandemic didn't help, but we were going almost into the pandemic knowing that Disney Plus was coming and we were going to get WandaVision. We were going to get Winter Soldier and Falcon. And so it was only when Disney Plus became an idea that we were going to need to provide content for. Um, it, it was that prolifer proliferation of Marvel content via that streaming service and the need to provide content and the need to keep churning it out. And we have to give more shows. We have to do more things that tie the whole universe together that I think is, is sort of destroying the franchise a little bit. It's, it's making people tired. I, I had this conversation, actually, this is going completely derailed, but I had a conversation after watching How I Met Your Mother recently with a few friends. He's trying to get me to watch that. I am trying to get you to watch that. Uh, all listeners, please please email him to watch this. Um, but if you look at the way TV shows and movies have changed over the course of the past five, ten years, even really post-pandemic, I think you know, everybody's binging, everybody needs that instant gratification, you know, but I think people also don't consider it the fact that people are loyal to certain labels. Marvel has a huge following. I think that if they truly wanted to, that they, they could really take a step back. You might not have a new release every month and I get there's a business side of it, but you're going to have that loyalty. You're going to have all those people showing up. Yes, maybe not in the theater and they're going to wait till it comes online, but they are going to be loyal to this franchise. I also, somebody posed this question and I'll actually pose it to you. Disney Plus happened right after the passing of Stanley. Oh, yeah. What, when did he die? It was, it was, it was, it was like, yeah, they, whoever this person was, they said it was like right over fact check me, but like, it was right in this gray area of this Passover. Yeah, it was about a year before the streaming service came out. I feel like. What would he say yeah, to these well, Marvel series? I think my question I would tack onto that question is what was his relationship with Kevin Feige? Who's the kind of the executive head honcho dude that runs all the Marvel content mm -hmm. right now, because you wonder if they would have seen eye to eye with, uh, with all the content that's being distributed and, and all the stuff that's coming out. Um, I am the lone person that I've liked what's been on Disney plus. I thought, uh, I thought Moon Knight was really, I thought that was really innovative. I thought Oscar Isaac was, 
was awesome in that role. I know I, I know folks that didn't finish it. Um, I know folks that maybe didn't enjoy it as much. I thought I thought it got a little wonky at the end, kind of weird. But I, I thought it was really good. And then I, I thought Miss Marvel yeah. was one of the best shows of the summer. I'm with you. I really like. I said the only reason I finished Miss Marvel was I had a switch disney plus accounts but now i have it i'm and it's on my list to finish up um i'm like you i i i've enjoyed them ironically i didn't enjoy low-key as much i think honestly the reason i didn't enjoy it just because i was at that point when i watched it i was marvel burnt out but the thing is is i liked moon knight i thought it was a different twist like i i will say there was a lot of it i was still trying to figure out like what was going on with it. It was very hard for me to follow. I don't know what it was, but I liked Miss Marvel. I liked having this idea of a kid, especially somebody from the Muslim culture. We don't have that really much. They've tried to do that more with this phase too, to get different cultures represented. And I think it's, it's good. Now I will say this when we went to love and thunder, Hmm. I felt like we were regaining some of that Marvel esque and maybe some hope, but I think there was just one little tidbit that wasn't there, and that was the "where is this going?" piece. Yeah. It's that's that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. Disney Plus is killing it. Yeah, it's everybody wants. What are yeah. we doing with this? And it's it's because it's no longer just the movies. Because right. in the phases, it was like, okay, watch these movies in order, and then eventually you're going to lead up to these this big finish. Well, and I hate to say, but we're having this podcast. If we have this right after Love and Thunder we wouldn't know what the next phases are. We have now seen what phase five and phase six is going to look like. Now we see what the end finish is and we know who this big person is, is coming in and you're just sitting there thinking, okay, well, how does love and thunder, how does miss Marvel, how does moon Knight? how does this add up to this big finish? That's going to happen in the end of phase six. Because if they're somehow in the next, let's say, the end of, you know, phase four going into phase five, if they somehow bring all these characters into one, I'm going to honestly give Disney Plus a round of applause because I'm going to be like, you took us from all standing in the middle of the desert saying, where are we? To now masterminds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. It just makes me kind of clamor for like, I I can remember walking out of the theater, um, having watched I think it was Ultron and Ultron was not one of the best not one of the better um, uh, movies team-ups from earlier on but it was just the 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 thrill of coming out of the theater and being like man that was cool like we just went to a movie and all these guys that we've been watching in these different in these different films came together and they did something really cool in this movie and it makes me pine a little bit for the days where we just watched the movies and just enjoyed them and, yeah. and took them. It's like when we walked out of Love and Thunder and we had a great conversation chatting about the the movie in the moment about that wow, was cool. We really liked it. And I think it was only after a little time had passed that we started thinking about, okay, but how does this, yeah. how does this extrapolate? Where, where, what are we doing with this? I think, so, and this is my problem with filmmakers and TV show makers. It's always like they're, I, hate, I don't know, I, this sounds so bad because I'm not in the business, but I feel like there's so much like try hard now. It's like they're, they're they're like trying to push this certain feeling agenda whatever it is and it's just not giving that like you said when you leave here it's like that was good that was awesome like and i also say this and i thought about this 
actually in the time since seeing Love and Thunder and now I, I thought about it on drive, you know, obviously we're all getting older. The people that grew up loving Iron Man and Captain America and these people that are loyal fans. Now I, I'm considering myself one of those, even though I just watched the Marvel universe, <laughs> um, those storylines are gone. And I hate to say, but like we talked about this, if those actors aren't going to continuously play those roles, Marvel has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of people are struggling with is they grew up loving comics and movies of these original superheroes. And you look at something like DC, I'm just going to compare for a second. They went a different route. They change Batmans all the time and they continuously change the storyline. Marvel, and you've even heard Stanley say this in previous um, interviews, he doesn't plan on being that version. It's one of those things. It's like, so where does Marvel go? It obviously goes in the direction of we need new people to come in. Now, obviously, they're going to have, you know, the Fantastic Four, X Men, things like that. But you don't have those originals, you don't have the Hulk. You don't have Captain America because you don't have Iron Man. I hate to say in the storyline, we know where they go. Yeah. And so now it's like, so who are the big players? And I hate to say Marvel got a real kick in the gut because they were going to revolve all of this around Black Panther. Yeah, they, they kind of seemed to want to go that way. And then they can't, and you know, and unfortunately that's a, but that's, that's where we're going to see the test is can Marvel hit a curveball? Yeah. Well, you brought up DC and I, I pulled up their list and I think what we're talking about is, is Marvel's, like you said, try hard attitude, try and tie all these things together and make it seem authentic. But it's almost like I, I, I looked and I think going back and look through the DC catalog of what's come out in the last three ish years, when they decided, when they kind of pivoted and decided, you know what? Justice League didn't work. Uh, we Suicide Squad maybe didn't go for what we were trying to do. And they decided, okay, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to go with Aquaman is, is kind of a, is a bigger DC character, but Shazam is not. And then, like you said, you know, we're, we're going to start doing things like Joker is we're going to make a new Joker and we're going to, it's not going to be related to anything. And Birds of Prey is, is its own separate thing. And then the Suicide Squad, like you said, they said, screw it. We already did this. Don't care. We're doing it again. It was fantastic. Batman, they changed again. So it's almost like you have to uh, authentically try to just make a good movie and, and as a second care about how it fits into the bigger bigger picture, which is what Marvel is not seemingly doing. Um, although that, that switches us. Let's go to Thor. Love Thor. Thor, Love, and Thunder. We do love Thor. We do love Thor. <laughs> we do love Thor. <laughs> because I think I think they did try to do that with this one movie. And maybe that's why it's not getting the reviews. Because they did. They said basically, uh, for what we saw, this is a movie about Thor. And that's it. There ain't nothing else in the big universe connected at this point. It's just Thor. And so... And I think so many people... And, you know, and this is... the We had this conversation with the multiverse. Is... Per, with the day of the age of the internet with everybody having their predictions and that stuff. And even we get caught up in it this time. I remember the text message you said to me, you were almost guaranteed that Jane was going to be the next yeah, uh, Thor. And you know what? I think 
that's my problem with the way in which so many people are viewing these movies is they get these these images in their heads and these expectations and marvel doesn't meet them Mm -hmm. and they get disappointed i tried going in actually on the way there i remember thinking to myself why do i love thor movies and i i don't know why i had had this like self-thought but like i'm so glad that i did because i went in there with a clear mind and i just wanted to enjoy it and honestly that's what it was now i did think there were some things pushed and i think there was a lot of things left unanswered um some of my biggest concerns were i like you said i feel like some of the storyline was very pushed um and coming off a multiverse which was like dark and dark and dark and then we get this which was just so happy-go-lucky but it is thor and everybody's talking about how this was going to be Chris Hemsworth's last movie. And if you really watch this movie, there's no end to him. Yeah, it seems pretty ambiguous yeah. that he could come back, he could not. And I even and even at the end, it says Thor's going to return. And if you would have asked me that night, is it going to be Chris Hemsworth? I probably would have said, I don't know. I'm willing to put my money on it. I feel like maybe not a full movie because obviously we've seen the next two phases. It's, there's no Thor movie in there. Yeah. But I think he makes a prominent role. Yeah, could, he could still <laughs> yeah. be a part of things. Yeah. But so did this movie, did it move Hemsworth for you on our Marvel character ranking? Right as far as Marvel characters, Thor was always number one. We had our big podcast. Yeah. One for both. And he was one for both. And he didn't move. And I will say this this was a Thor movie. I enjoyed. I laughed. I had a good time. I envied the Hemsworth body of Thor. Um, Like the fight scenes were good. The villain was good. Uh, Everything. Everything about it. Like in Marvel. Yeah. it It was a very enjoyable movie. And it had some aspects of it that, like I hate to say, you look at and you're like, it could lead other places. We just need that point that tells us it's going to lead there. Um, but yes, now Hemsworth is still the top of my list. Uh, what he does for that role, and honestly, I will say this. If somebody else comes in to play Thor, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. I think he does such a good job. It's a high it. billing. He's really taken ownership of the role since uh... – Particularly Ragnarok, whatever that was, 2017. Um, now, I will say this. I have the haters take. Every single one of the Thor movies, I loved. Yeah, you're alone in the Dark World. I, everybody thinks Dark World is terrible. I thought Dark World was good. I'm probably the person that has it the highest on my list. And it's yeah, yeah sit- I remember when we did our list. You yeah. had that sucker way too high. I have Dark World very high. Yeah. I have Dark World at 13. Oh, my. And you know what? And I don't I regret it. I don't regret it because I love Thor movies. It's that's that's but, topic for conversation. But, but that's the purpose of Marvel. Is everybody has their different yeah. things. Like I have friends that are obsessed with Iron Man. I kind of get annoyed with Iron Man. Yeah, and Tony Stark. Yeah. So he's lower on my list. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. So where does I know you spent hard work on. Um, and this is something I don't think we've spent much time deliberating. And I, you got your notepad. You're ready. Where does Christian Bale's gore rank for you among Marvel villains? Me and you had this conversation in the movie theater. We were both skeptical of Christian Bale with 
the fact bit. that he had played a DC hero and now he is coming in. And the movie starts off. Yes. And I will say when the movie starts off with him, I'm like, is this movie more like a villain movie with just like a hero in it? Like, what is this? Throughout the movie, I kept thinking in my head, wow, Christian Bale. Wow, Christian Bale. He can play a hero and a villain. So I look through. Now, I rank my villains a little bit differently. You, me and you had this conversation on the last podcast. Like you were, you were so mad at me that I had Thanos at the top, but I get looked at it, the whole picture right beneath him. I had, as, it's not as bad as a uh, dark world of 13. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, then I had Killmonger. Um, or you can't say Killmonger. Killmonger, whatever. I can never say his name correctly. Uh, Helena. Oh, that, Trump. that was one I hope. Oh, sorry to interrupt. That was one I forgot to put on my list. I'll, I'll work on where hell is. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. So she's, she is three Ultron. I thought was a really good villain. I felt like the whole movie, I was wondering what was going to happen with him. So he stays for Loki is, I look at Loki and I sit there and I go, I don't, I can't drop him out of top five just because of his role in the Marvel universe. So I then had six red witch and I looked at it and that's kind of where I was looking at Gore. Is he above red witch or is he below? I look at the, at it and I'm kind of like 50, 50. I kind of hate to say I flipped a coin. I'm putting Gore beneath Red Witch. I feel like right tomorrow I could put him above just the way in which I look at it. But I'm going to leave him at seven beneath Red Witch. So going back to what you talked about our last Potter, we talked all the villains. I had I had the Goblin, Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe, number one. Uh, once he came into this Marvel Universe with... Uh, with Spider-Man's last movie. Yeah, I didn't I thought, add any of them. I thought he was cream of the crop. He's so imposing and yeah. villainous and awful. Um, I put Kingpin from Netflix at two. Um, Vincent Norfield's performance. I, so I had the Scarlet Witch at three. So you're right. Scarlet Witch should be above uh, Gore. Um, then going down the list. So I actually coincidentally put Gore at seven as well. I think nice. that's the right spot. Um, I think he's ahead of some. Uh, actually have him ahead of Loki, ahead of Hela. But I think top 10, definitely for Christian Bale in this role. And I think uh, just outside of the top five, I think we both agree, obviously, that he's not a top five Marvel villain, but he's right in that outer realm for villainry. Yeah, I think he did a phenomenal job. And I thought the villain, the, like, and I honestly, and this is just my personal take on it and send on the haters, I truly think he could have, they could have built that role into something bigger. Yes. Like, we it's went. It's almost disappointing to see him. Yeah, like I mean, and, it's this is not a spoiler. The movie came out a month a month plus ago, but uh, doesn't make it at the end. And it would have been nice to see him in his role a bit longer, if if only for maybe the next movie. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just like the person that is obsessed with movies and TV inside my head. I would love to see the storyline that he does get to all these different gods and all these different multiverses and just starts running train through all Ooh, these. That different, been good. Like if he had gone to a, like another multi. Another yes. Universe. And like gone through the gods in like in just attack, like was a truly a God killer. This would have been, I would have loved to seen that storyline. Yeah. He would have had to escape to another universe and, Mar- and kind of wreak havoc within the multiverse. Cause he's not making yeah. it out of this universe a lot. No. And, and 
exactly you know, story arc. but marvel executives if you need me to write that you know storyline i'll be glad to do that for you uh all right so where where does this movie rank for you you know providing these revisions to our list where is this one now for you overall this movie overall is this also where we give like our hot takes on the whole movie as a whole sure okay I will say this, I sat there for a good little while, but I think I can confidently say that I added uh, Thor Love and Thunder at nine. It is in wow, between, yes. Top 10 Marvel movies. It is a top. Bold proclamation. But you know what? I look at what was at 10 is Captain America Civil War. I enjoyed it. I I liked Thor Love and Thunder more. I hate this. Maybe it's also because I'm a Thor fan. Yeah. And that's why it went there. I, mean, there, I, I talked to a, a colleague at work who yeah. there are biases for for these characters, like you said earlier, mm. biases that you know. And you like a guy better, so a character better, so you put their movie higher. So yeah, high. and and Doctor Strange is is number eight, and I look at it. That's my second tier um, Marvel character, number two Marvel character. So I I fit Thor right smack dab in the middle. Do I think nine is too high? No. It's top 10. That's probably crazy for a lot of people, but you know what? I'm going to take it. Well, and, and we sort of talked about this coming out of the theater. We talked about what did you rank this movie? And I don't remember what we said. What did you rank this movie on its own? And then what did you rank it oh. in the greater context of Marvel? And I think on its own, you maybe do have it in a good spot because on its own, the coloring – the characters, the the humor, the humor, the intensity of the moments with Gore the God Butcher as a villain, as a standalone movie, it was very, very good. I think part of the issue, I think it currently sits at about sixty five percent of Rotten Tomatoes critically. Yeah, I think part of the problem is people are just, well, it doesn't tie into the grand scheme of Marvel, and yeah, uh, do it. And people are still comparing to the to these yeah these high expectations of like they're gonna turn on the sh- on the TV and they're gonna get No Way Home they're gonna get Endgame they're gonna get Infinity War right. like we're starting brand new over now I'm comparing this to like you know the first Iron Man's the second Iron Man you know like those beginning movies where we're learning about these characters like we're learning about all these characters post Thanos and my thing was. Going out of it, I thought, grand scheme of things, low nine, nine two, nine three. That was it as a standalone movie. Compared in the Marvel scheme of things, I can probably argue for a high eight eight. I think it was really good. I don't think it was superb, but it was really good. In my scheme of things, in my rankings, if it's an 8-8 eight, eight and a 9-3 on those two scales, that's going to be ranked probably somewhere in the top 10. Just because there's so many movies that I looked at in the scheme of things that I was like, mm, that okay, it was a standalone good movie, but in the grand scheme of things, no. I'm good. I'm like, you're not even breaking 8 for me. It's, it's, it's in the interpretation of the list. It's, yeah. it's what are you looking for as you rank these movies, which is... It's so funny that I even do this, and I have so religiously stuck to this list to keep track of it because it was you that gave me the idea or, or put the idea, kind of enhanced it in my head of breaking all sorts of things, yeah, just listing things. We started and, it ever since like grad school. Just, just, just listing the most insane things. Um, no. So I, I actually have it a little lower than you, though. I think it's 
Yeah, we'll Again, do that. Just but... outside that top realm of like a top 10 Marvel movie. I, I don't think there's any way I'm going to list these movies. Yeah. Just for the purpose of listing them, I don't think there's any way it's above these 13. Okay. I don't think it's better than Spider-Man. Um, what do I have to put? No, you know what? Yeah, no, it's it's not better than Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. And that's, yeah, maybe you can make the case. It is not better than Captain America, the first Avenger. It is not better than Guardians of the Galaxy. It is not better than Spider-Man Homecoming. Those movies, those two Spider-Man, and then I'll get to the third, were very good. It is not better than Black Panther. It's not better than Thor Ragnarok. Not better than Avengers, the original Avengers, or Endgame, or Captain America Civil War, or Spider-Man No Way Home, or Infinity War, or Winter Soldier for Captain America, or Iron Man. I, I just don't feel on a, on a individual level it's better than those movies. But again, it, it kind of comes down to taste. It was, though, a very good movie. So um, so I have a curveball to throw to you. Mm-hmm. You gave this to me after Multiverse. It's my turn to give it to you. All right? I need you to rank these Thors. Ah, oh, love it. You ready? To quote Michael Scott, to, how the turntables turn. How the turntables turn. <laughs> All right, so give them to me. Are we ready? Original Thor. Okay. Fat Thor. Oh, yeah, because we do get him for... We do get Fat Fat Thor for a good... For a good yeah, and, well, pretty much all of Endgame. True. Oh, so you want me to rank him? Oh, okay, so not just from this movie. Not just from, okay, not just okay, from okay. this movie, like in the Thor universe. Okay. okay, so we have original Thor. Okay. okay. We have Fat Thor. Okay. I call him short hair Thor. That's also like Ragnarok Thor. Thor. Okay. okay. After he, you know, when they shave his head. Um, Love and Thunder Thor. Because that's after he loses all the weight and the hair is back. Okay. All right. Okay. Those. Those are my... Th- okay. So I'm so just going to recap. So we got OG Thor. Um, so that's long-haired Thor, right? Yeah. First, okay. OG Thor, short-haired Thor, fat Thor, buff Thor. Yeah. <laughs> From Love and Thunder. Buff Thor. Okay. Uh, man. Okay. So I go... Man, that is tough. Okay, so I think it's it's unfair to say it's not OG Thor at the top because that's the character that learns to become worthy. You know, he he's not the best in terms of what he brings to the table, you know, comprehensively. But I think I'd put OG long-haired Thor one because that's the Thor that learns that he's worthy of carrying the carrying the hammer, Milnor. So I think I put long-haired Thor first. I think Fat Thor is next just because he is so vulnerable a character in Endgame and he's been through the friggin' ringer only to have to go back in time have to like know his mother was going to die again and then come back and be like Thanos it's time to beat your face in only to miss and then he redeems himself from Infinity War Endgame um, so we got long hair OG Thor fat Thor Probably, probably funny Thor, short hair Thor from yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah, just because that was such a turn for the character. And then this, this one, this movie's um, buff Thor. I'd probably put last just because we haven't seen as much of him, and he was a little, a uh, little flat as a character. He was just kind of yeah, whining, pining for for Jane, whining for Jane. Yeah. Um, 
and he doesn't have as much going on with his character in this in this movie. One could argue. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Where am so I? okay, so I I also did this a little bit based off of the movies. I was really biased towards Ragnarok. Ragnarok was exciting, fun, and he was hilarious i felt and it was a great movie. such a heel yes the and so, so i i i had short hair thor just because like i had no complaints about that movie in any way yes. and i really thought it was good now i could easily see og thor being that like if i had to put these they're probably like a half point off og thor that's when he figures out he's right. worthy like in the beginning he was this cocky person but like you know the humans help you know jane specifically help you know bring him back to level but he still is this godlike yeah 100 percent uh, fat thor you were dead dead on it with fat thor next because he went through i literally wrote through the ringer okay went through the ringer and everything like i just think of like the scene where they go to new Ragnarok and they're like hey come on man and he's like fat on the couch like he's like want a beer and then they literally have to get him on the ship because they say there's beer on the ship and then he goes through Endgame all this stuff even to the beginning of this movie you're like man this dude has been through so much and he does yeah yeah really and I will say Thor Love and Thunder I could see it it was this guy that's hurting yeah. Like he was already hurting. He was still trying to figure out where his life's going because he did not take the throne. And like I hate to say, it, but we've all been there where you've just been kicked, and then all of a sudden your ex comes back as like the <laughs> smoke show, like and taking over your life. Like it hurts. Yes, and we'll get to her in a second. But like it was the the minute she came into play he played the character exactly how he should have like hey hey so what so what you been up to <laughs> yeah like but and then he came back into this like powerful thor that like knows how to be the leader that he is speaking of which can we talk about natalie portman for a minute Go for it. yeah i got her i i didn't write it down but you you mentioned it how many years has it been since she has been in a marvel movie uh, or what was her my, last Marvel? my knowledge, it would have been uh, she came back for her very brief appearance in Endgame, uh, which is twenty nineteen. But yep. before that, it would have been Dark World, which I believe is twenty thirteen. So it's been about near a decade for Natalie Portman in Marvel movies. And for our listeners, when if you have not seen this movie, when you go in and you watch that first scene with obviously the, the night spider things. When they're done and they are standing next to each other, I want you to pause it and look at Chris Hemsworth's arm. You'll be wowed for a solid minute. Then just move your head slightly to the left and look at Natalie Portman's arm. And you will this woman hit the weights. She she must have determined, hey, you guys want me back for one film? Cool. You want me to lift the weights? Cool. And then she just went to town in that work room. Like, I have this honest to God thought, and there are people on this podcast that might stop listening. I'm so sorry for those two people. But, like, that was a dedicated moment. Yeah. I'm honestly, and it will never reach this moment. She dedicated herself almost as equally, in my opinion, to Sandra Bullock and the. Oh my God, I just lost the. Uh, 
the game plan, not game plan. What the heck? Oh, God. Never cut this part. Blindside, blindside. Blind blind I got you. I'm with you. Yeah, well, and it was so cool to see her in this movie, too, because, again, she's back from, like, game a decade plan. out of the game. Game plan is freaking uh, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> God. Totally. She, it was, like, such a contrast, too, between how good she looked as Thor. You know, she's got the, the ripped arms, and she just – she's got the flowing blonde hair. Yes. She looks with it. And then for her to – for them to juxtapose her as this severely – um, embattled cancer patient when they show her undergoing her treatment and you know downtrodden by it she looks rough she killed this this job she was great in the in the thor character she was great in the cancer patient character she was great as jane seeing her ex lover and I'm even going to argue, like, still kind of in love with yeah, each still, other. Yeah, I mean, they kind like, of show that they have yes. some palpable feelings for each other. Still. Like, I was blown away. I literally wrote down the words next, or when we kind of made notes for this. I was speechless. Like, well, and she, so she gets her, her send off the Valhalla at the end, yep. um, when she dies a, a true warrior's death fighting the cancer, which was kind of cool in itself that they determined that she could go to Valhalla. She didn't actually, you know, truly die on the battlefield, but I think Thor mentions earlier in the film something about dying a warrior's death, and due to the way that she fought cancer, it can be perceived that As a that was the way that she fought. Teary-eyed moment. Which is, yeah, which is pretty incredible writing. Um, but I like that she got her send off to Valhalla, so it's like, okay, we're done with Natalie Portman, but man, she went out just in grandeur style. Well done to her. Thank you for those who brought her back into the, into the fray. Because it worked. I mean, we both think it worked in this film. Yeah. It was really good and uh, served her part well. Before we wrap up the Love and Thunder, we move on to the next. Closing remarks on the end, because I think the end jumped at 0.5. Well, I didn't. I kind of had a problem with dude, the Thor like coming out of the sky and being like, no, you all have the power of Thor. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not, okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, I yeah. I thought that was your reference. No, I was more referencing after, obviously, Jane dies and moves on, and Gore, from what we perceive, is dead and moving on. He takes on Gore's daughter. Oh, yeah, so the whole part with the making the pancakes. Yes, the pancakes, and then her picking up... uh, did Stormbreaker. She Stormbreaker. I, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, and he and he grabs Mjolnir, yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, and it's the isn't it the broken? No, Natalie. Yeah, it's Natalie Portman. Yeah. yeah, and it, but like you mentioned it, she she was worthy. She picked up Stormbreaker. Yeah, and that ties in the last thing I wanted to hit with Love and Thunder was our, our future Thor predictions. So you mentioned a little bit ago. That when we get into this, you know, we're in phase four, we get the phase five, we get the phase six, phase six, and there's no mention of Thor. So what is, what? where are we at with, I'll take your question, what did I think of the end? Because I loved the end. I love Daddy Thor. We didn't mention Daddy Thor. Daddy Thor. Oh my, as, we have to mention Daddy Thor. <laughs> Thor options. So we've got Daddy Thor. It adds so much amazing context now that we know that that's his own true, real living daughter who's playing the part of as we come to find her name is love um i that was great that was such a wonderful end to the film yes and honestly and i think this this is my prediction okay so what do you got here is here is my hot take one i'll answer my own question 
phenomenal ending. If you are a Marvel fan and you did not like that ending, I need you to reconsider your values. <laughs> um, but also, here's my prediction. Everybody talks about how they're, that this was the end of Chris Hemsworth's Thor. And we obviously did not see the end of that. I think him bringing in his own daughter is him saying kind of like, hey, screw all y'all. I'll be willing to play this. He talks about yeah. in so many interviews like of, how, of how his daughter has watched him and been with him as like an infant throughout all of this. And he's like, now that she gets to experiencing it, and he said that moment for him was so much, I think he's willing to take this even farther. Here is my hot take. Phase seven or maybe even at some point in, in phase six, they make an appearance and Chris Hemsworth is going to be working alongside his daughter. Yeah, that's my hope. And I am going to lose Realism. my mind because greatest actor in the world if that happens. So so you don't think we see a Thor, a Thor, until two or three years from now. You think that's... Well, you know, obviously... I, I don't think that's terribly off base. The, I think it yeah, could be several years. The, pr the prediction that... Unfortunately, our predictions kind of get washed because we did just get five and six. And if you look at both of those timelines, there is no Thor. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I, don't quote me. I haven't been a Marvel fan that long, but I don't think they stare very clear of those timelines. I don't think they really add and subtract. Now, as... I think he makes appearances. It's really hard for me to think at the end of six when they have to go fight Dr. Doom and all this stuff, like Thor is not going to be a part of it, but like, how do you play Thor right after that? I feel like you need to have a Thor movie right before that. Now that's just me. Once again, Marvel, if you need my expertise, I'm, you know, well, currently we'll available. Your, we'll get your expertise and your ideas coming up yeah. in a minute here, but um, I, I don't, I'll be honest. I, living in the moment with these Marvel movies and, and talking about how uh, it's such a delusion of the product with all this Disney plus stuff. I don't frankly care what they're going to do for phase six. Like I, I again, I'm going to try and appreciate what they got going on, but I'm with you. I think to get to secret wars in 2025 or whenever they announced it, I think they're going to need to bring back Thor because I don't think we can have any sort of Avengers team up with, with all these Avengers if there's a willing Chris Hemsworth wanting to play the role of Thor and wanting to bring his child into the fray, who did a wonderful job serving as this young love character, um, I, I would think that we have to see Thor again. And I think when we do see Chris Hemsworth Thor, I think we're going to see, uh, I don't know, on his daughter's name. I can't right remember now. the daughter's love, name. Love. Her character's would, name. Yeah. I think we're going to see her, and it's going to be a joint um, thing together. You know what I would love to see is, uh, if we're going to have Disney Plus and we're going to have all this content, can we get like a six episode limited series, Daddy Thor and Love, just trying to make it through a new Asgardian day, like Love going to school. Yes. Thor having to deal with like PTSA meetings yeah. and like going to the Girl Scout meetings. That's what I want. And then, yeah. oh, by the way, we've got this like extraterrestrial threat that you got to deal with, but you still got to get your girl to soccer practice sometime. Done. I think that would be if Disney Plus is going to give us anything. Can they give us that? Yeah, but we'll, we'll workshop that for just you and I. We'll be the. Show you know runners. what? 
I feel like we can find somebody's email at Marvel and we can just shoot them an email and be like, listen, we got this idea and you will love it. Kevin Feige hit us up. Yep. All right. So last thing I wanted to, to end here with, I told you, um, well, first off, so are you excited about the next Marvel thing? We got She-Hulk coming in two weeks. Are yeah. We, are we excited? Or next week, actually. Next, next week, week from tomorrow. Yeah, week from tomorrow. Um, I am. You know, they've been hyping this one up a little bit more than the rest. So I'm I hopeful. Kind of feel, I do, I'm kind of with you there. I do feel like this one has sort of been like, pushed a yeah. little bit more. Now, they, they had their controversy, all the thing with the, the CGI and she looked yeah. like Fiona from Shrek. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, I interrupted you. But no, but the, exactly. That's literally the, the spot I was going to go. Is they've been hyping this up, but I didn't know if it was due to the to the hate behind the CGI, or if it was simply you know just Disney making their promotions, or if this is really going to be one of the better series that's maybe going to pull some of us in. Um, I could see She Hulk playing a predominant role in this next couple phases if mm. she's portrayed the right way. Because I hate to say you do need that big thing. I know we're going to have the thing come up real soon, but if you really look at like the first couple phases, we had a lot. You needed those big those big boys, right? And she is going to be one of those big fighters, especially in that female role. I'm excited for it. I've always been a Hulk fan. Yeah, I, like I think Hulk. it's uh, adding on to it. Um, Maybe she takes over the role from Mark Ruffalo's Hulk that he can go do whatever because he's been in some other good stuff. Yeah. But he can go do whatever else, and we've still got this kind of colossal titan of a character to yeah. rely on. Now, and I'm excited. Like, I'm not excited as for that as I am, like, some of the stuff that is coming up. Like, right. you know, we have She-Hulk, but then obviously in November we have New Black Panther, which I think so many people are excited for, the emotions that are going to be behind yeah. it, where are they going to take it. Um, even they spilled that little teaser for the new Ant-Man in Quantanium. Um, it's Quantumania. Quantumania? Yeah. I can't read it correctly. Well, okay, so but anywho. With um, She-Hulk, I, I tell you the thing that I'm most looking forward to, in this most recent um, trailer that they dropped, we get a Daredevil sighting. And ooh boy, bringing back Charlie Cox's Daredevil has me, I was kind of on the fence about She-Hulk. Is, but when I saw that, but is Charlie Cox coming back as yeah, Daredevil? He him. is. It is him. Yeah. So they, that, that Netflix series was astounding. It was absolutely incredible. And now Kingpin didn't serve it well when he came over to Hawkeye, but I really feel like we could do something good with Charlie Cox in that role of Daredevil. And just knowing that he is in that She-Hulk show has got me very excited. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they're going to use this as like teasers. It's just like kind of like with WandaVision. Like we know some of those things are going to come back into play. Like we see in phase five, there's going to be an Agatha series movie, whatever it's going to be. Like how's that going to play in all of this? I'm pumped to see how some of this plays out. Also, they're saying it's either going to be in – she-Hulk or Ant-Man that we're going to see our first sighting of Doctor Doom. 
and I can't, I can't imagine that that's in. I can't know, believe, I can't imagine that they said, they said no, it's in the next anyway. couple releases. Now, now I I've can, also I, heard now, the more that I've heard recently, now this is all via like TikTok and stuff. Most of it is like now saying Black Panther, but like, which that's before Ant-Man. So I'm like, yes, I will. I'm Dr. Doom. So if it, I could maybe see Ant-Man, Quantumania, but if it, I, I would, I would think it's probably coming in the Fantastic Four movie, whatever that's coming out. See, I don't think we get. I think they. I don't know. I. I, It's it's all about expectation. Yeah. Because again, I don't need to see Doctor Doom. I don't need to see the next big. Just let me watch a good movie that's got good characters. And I think that's what the takeaway from Love and Thunder is: is get rid of your expectations, get the people off the high horses, and just enjoy Marvel. Because, and here's my like hot take for a little bit. Like we live in a crazy enough world right now where there's enough crap going on. Love and Thunder was one of those movies that you just enjoyed. Well, and at the end, the ending just yes. makes you feel good. Yeah. Like the redemption of Gore, the the willingness to take on mankind's offspring and yeah. look out for mankind, brother, yeah. brother person, you know. Like we all if you enjoy Marvel, and I can say this on both ends, somebody that didn't enjoy Marvel, didn't care for Marvel for a long time, and now absolutely love it. If you are somebody that embodies that world, you can't look at this movie and not say, hey, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Because if if you didn't enjoy it, you're still living in the end game, no way home Big world. Yeah. You just gotta, yeah, take it on its own. Yeah. Well, that's it. All right. So the last thing that I had for us. Yes. I'm very excited about this. Yes. I know you are. I want to throw it to you first. We've kind of teased that Kevin Feige and all these guys will hit you with some ideas. I am going to give you the floor. I want you to introduce your best future Marvel movie and give me as much or as little detail as you need. Don't go like Line, yeah. Line, yeah. <laughs> minute by it opens <laughs> with a starry <laughs> night. <laughs> Zoom in. You see the character sitting on a bench. Don't go that in detail, but okay. So your best future Marvel movie. All right. So I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna do this post announcement of Phase Five and Six. Yeah. Obviously, we we yeah. planned to do this. I think two weeks ago. I had some family stuff come up. We didn't get to do it. So, but the idea is still stands. Yes. It's, it's a good. But I'm gonna add movie. this. We had this conversation a little bit before and. I said I would talk about it now. Obviously, we have this big fight with Doctor Doom coming up at some point. Maybe, maybe. it's like that's probably who's going to be the yeah. Like we know, but here's my pitch: at some point before that, just like we did before the Infinity Wars with Thor Ragnarok, we need a Thor badass movie. I'm talking, you have him coming back. He now is avenging Jane. He's living up to that. He now living up to everything that she embodied when she was other Thor, I guess is what we're calling her. She, the, she, mighty, the mighty Thor. The mighty Thor. Sorry, excuse me. I didn't, I didn't quote her uh, perfectly. But not only is he avenging her and embodying everything that she in, in had, but... Also, he has now Mjolnir, 
and Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. <laughs> Stormbreaker. I always say the axe, and I feel like a dumb dumbass, but anywho. He needs the yeah, axe. Yeah, he needs the axe. Oh, Stormbreaker and Mjolnir and the cherry that is on top. He brings in his daughter that is going to be one of the biggest child badasses in the universe. And we go out of that movie thinking we are ready to see Thor and whoever is alongside him kick some serious Dr. Doom ass. Tail. <laughs> All right. I'm in for that movie. I'd watch that movie. All right. Hit me with yours. Very excited about this one. All right. So mine, I'm going to hit you. I'm going to, I'm going to make a movie with a lot of needle drops. Boys and girls, I'm going to bring you the plot of guardians of the galaxy. Three. So I know that one's no, but listen, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. Isn't there already a Guardians of the Galaxy? But do you know what it's about, sir? (laughs) Uh, So yes, we are getting a Guardians of the Galaxy three, but I'm gonna help out my man James Gunn a little bit. I'm gonna tell him what that movie should have. I'm gonna tell him what should be in the plot for that movie. So uh, it's sort of been speculated that Dave Bautista, Drax, and Bradley Cooper, uh, Raccoon, and James Gunn ultimately might not be long for the franchise or might not be long for Marvel. So I'm just going to say right now that my my movie gets them their send-off. So we have, in, in this movie, we've got Gamora, and this is now, mind you, um, new Gamora, yeah. who never went through everything previously. Yeah. So we've got this Gamora coincidentally teams up to take down the same big bad as the Guardians of the Galaxies. Uh, perhaps we have like a Sylvester Stallone led Ravagers pursuit of something that everybody wants. And so they become the big bad. This movie is very much its own little sphere. Uh, we get another genetically modified animal comes into the fray as a love interest of rocket raccoon. Maybe it's a raccoon. I don't care what the animal is. doesn't matter. She is fighting the same cause as rocket raccoon as is Gamora. So, while all this is going on, Gamora kind of rekindles that love with Peter. And by the movie's end, she she entertains the idea of getting together with him, but ultimately determines she's not ready to commit yet. That's fine. Maybe we get a future Guardians of the Galaxy 4 with some other director, some other stuff going on. In their conquest, Drax gives his life. And he, he sacrifices himself for the greater good. And he, he does whatever. And his last dying moment, he says, it's fine, because I'm going to be with my family. From the onset of Drax being on screen, he's talked about how his family was taken from him. He gets his emotional goodbyes. He goes off to reunite with his family. Rocket gets to go off with his new genetically modified significant other to start a new life without thievery. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) And so we end up at the end of this film with Quill. We got Groot. We got Nebula, Mantis, Kraglin, and Gamora's back in the fray as a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're ready to take on whatever extraterrestrial pursuits, conquests they want. Drax is gone. Rocket's gone. The end. Marvel. I am at mcostello32 if you you need further help with the script. And email him for, like, my advice on the new Thor movie. Um... We are low-paying teachers. We would love to be on one of your sets and this help is, you this out. This is obviously what we do. We finish up in the classroom and we get together and talk Marvel for an hour. Right. But 
love it. Like thoroughly thought through way more thought through than my, my Thor movie, but like truly like, oh man, both of those would be so, could you imagine adding both of those to, to the yeah, like, I'm sorry, but like, it's what we need. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just, maybe it's because I'm a new Marvel fan. Um, I'm just, I'm still excited about it. You know, we talked about at my work today, you know, we were talking about Marvel and just people were talking about if, if they seen Love and Thunder and all of that. And, you know, you know this, I still wear a Mjolnir keychain on my lanyard at school and like people talk about it and I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I still love this universe. Yeah. And, you know, yes, there are moments where my expectations get above me. But at the end of the day, it's still Marvel. It's still fun to watch. And I'm going to keep enjoying it step by step. I, I would just say it's like this. So we talked talk about maybe Disney Plus killing Marvel. I don't know about you, but I enjoy a good steak, right? Salad ribeye. But if I had to eat a ribeye three times a week, Plus, you know, I had some other types of steak, flank, skirt, other stuff that I got several times a week, and I started eating it for lunch, for dinner. No. Um, that ribeye three times a week, those those big Marvel movies, all that other steak that I get throughout the week, it would start to lose its delectability, right? right? Like, it would start to get watered down. So I just hope we don't reach that point. I'm glad that we're both still to the point where we're looking forward to the next thing. Kristen's actually excited for She-Hulk. So... Maybe, oh. maybe she'll watch that with me. That's a that's a shocker plot twist. Uh, but it's good. We're still excited for the next thing. We got our ideas. We're still invested in the universe. Uh, we have ourselves a little break after between She-Hulk and... Nope, no break, sir. She-Hulk, and then we get Wakanda Forever. I think it's like two months. So we get I was going to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a couple months in between. Well, I don't know when She-Hulk ends, but we get a little bit of a break there. But then yeah. we get... Get Wakanda Forever. We'll see what they do with, with Black Panther continuing on um, the Wakandan legacy. Dude, thanks for being on the podcast again. Appreciate it. I always enjoy it. And then I think next time we're uh, not talking talking Marvel. And it's about to be something some, brand new. Some NFL next time. All right. Thanks, sir. All right.